My name's Faith Brennan. I'm one of the senior team in this church. And this morning, we're going to do things a little different. However, if you've been here just a few times before, or perhaps this is your first time here, you might think that what you're seeing and experiencing in this couple of hours this morning, that this is Central Church. But actually, this is only part of who we are and part of what we do. And as a church, like most churches, we gather on the day that most people have free. That's a Sunday. And we gather to refuel and to recharge. We gather to encounter Jesus. We gather to meet with each other. And we, do, we absolutely love it when visitors come. We all love to set another setting at the table and we love to invite people in. But this is only part of who we are. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. You see, church, if you look at the Bible, is never spoken about as a building. Biblically, church is not a building. Biblically, church is not a meeting like this. And what is very confusing is that we often refer to certain buildings as churches. And that's even more confused. If you don't know much about churches, this is how confusing it is. That is not even all the buildings that churches meet in. So I have met and done meetings like this in buildings that weren't churches and in buildings that are called churches. That's confusing. And also when we gather, we tend to call this church. We say, would you like to go to church? Are you going to church? No, I never go to church. Oh, I should go to church, etc. But actually the Bible never calls a building or a meeting church. In the Bible, a church is always a group of people. A group of people who gather together, who follow Jesus, who care for each other, and then who go out and live lives where they share Jesus with the rest of the world. That is what a church is. And we're going to look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning, and there's this beautiful picture of what the church is meant to be like. I say meant to be because just occasionally we fall a little short of it. Not today, obviously. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to start in verse 12 and read right down to verse 27. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. We were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But, in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. He is beginning to repeat himself, isn't he? It's not just me. No, I think he's making a point. 
The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and every one of you is a part of it. I want to pause for a moment and pray. So Lord, I thank you for your church all over this nation, so many of them gathering at different points during this day. I thank you for every person in every church that we are all part of a body. We are all needed. God, we thank you for the people who care and love, for the people who pray more than the rest of us pray, for the people who visit the people who can't come out. We thank you for the prophets. We thank you for the ones that share Jesus so effortlessly, the ones who love kids, the ones who open up their homes, just the diversity that you've put within your church. And we rejoice today in that diversity. And we also ask you, God, for grace. Because we love our diversity, but we often struggle to be unified within it. And I thank you across this nation for the individual churches, but also for the whole church, that you would teach us how to be the body that you've made us to be. Amen. Okay, so let's have a little think. God uses this illustration of a body. We've all got bodies, so that's not a hard illustration. We all know that different parts of our body play different parts. They do different things. They're all needed. Sometimes we have to live without one or two parts of our bodies functioning, and we know that when that happens, other parts compensate. We're going to pull that apart a bit this morning. See, the Bible is clear that every human being is created for a relationship with God. And also that every human being on the planet is created with purpose that is also God-given. Did you know... I'm hoping you don't, because I'm hoping this will be an astounding fact. If you look up the top 10 books of all time written by Christian authors, right up there with The Lord of the Rings, Pilgrim's Progress, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, The Common Book of Prayer, is a book by Rick Warren called The Purpose Driven Life. It's in the top 10 best-selling books written by Christian authors of all time, The Purpose Driven Life. Why would so many people buy that book? Because we're meant for something. We're put on earth for something. And finding that out is part, we're meant to be part of the human experience. I believe that the first great task of all our lives is to work out who we are. And until we start to get that sorted, we're on that journey. Who am I? And the second great task of life is to figure out what am I here for? What's my purpose? And I believe that every human being, unless it is systematically squashed out of them, has a sense that they are here to do something meaningful. 
It doesn't necessarily have to change the whole world, but something that changes somebody's world. I believe we all have that. And I think often the lack of that creates a gap within us. And we can try and fill that gap with whatever, material things, relationships, you name it. But the only thing that fills that gap is to figure out our God-given purpose. And we're all made differently. It's interesting, isn't it? We are all made differently. So is every animal and every plant. Everything that God creates is slightly different from the thing beside it. In this room, I guarantee there is a huge diversity. Some of you are quiet. Some of you, right now you're all quiet, but I'm telling you, if I was to say on your marks, get set, speak, at least half of you would become very noisy and some of you would become overwhelmed. Some of you are great at maths, others of you shone at English, some of you didn't shine in school at all, but years later you found out you were good at something completely different. Some of you can juggle, some of you can drive a car. <laughs> sort of the point of the game, wasn't it? We are all given different skills. We're all given different strengths. We are also all gifted with different weaknesses. We all have different limits and we have different capacities and that changes throughout our life and that all goes up to make us and who we are. And God calls us his church, a body, and he celebrates our diversity because he's the one who made us diverse. God could have created us all the same and then perhaps we'd all get on better, I don't know. Just kidding, obviously we all get on most of the time. And God makes it clear in this illustration in 1 Corinthians that everybody is needed and everyone is valuable. And what's interesting, when you look at the whole of the book of Corinthians, it's a letter written to churches in a town called Corinth, who were called Corinthians. And actually, when you look at the previous chapters, you see this church was struggling with a number of issues around unity. They were falling out. Um, they weren't sure what to do when people were being naughty. They weren't really handling that very well. Just a number of issues. And Paul is writing to them and saying, listen, you're like a body. And Jesus Christ is the head. He's the one who's meant to be directing the body. But you are all equally valued, of equal value to God. No matter where your gift fits in the body, you're valuable. And just before this passage in chapter 12, at the beginning of that chapter, we see a list of supernatural God-given gifts that are also meant to be operated by the church and given different, in different amounts to different people, it seems. The following chapter is all about love. It's about the atmosphere of love that is meant to prevail within the church. And what we see when we look at the church in Corinthians is that the church is meant to be supernatural. We are meant to show the world what God is like and God is not confined to the natural. God is super. He is above and beyond the natural and the church is to be that. But above everything, the church is to have an atmosphere of amazing love. I sometimes wonder if that would be the most supernatural thing of all 
It's not easy for us as human beings, is it, to create a continual atmosphere of love? I just, um, just wonder, these lovely families that came up here this morning, how many of you never have an argument, complete harmony in your homes? If you've managed that, you need to come and see me because I need you. I need your help. But the atmosphere of love in the church is held to an incredible standard. It's meant to be a place where we do see each other's faults and we choose to love each other anyway where we give people second, third, and fourth chances, where we celebrate and we look for what's good in people, not just nitpick over what's not so good, where we honor their strengths and value them for who they are, not wish they were someone different. Now, who doesn't want to be loved like that? We all do. And the good news is that's what church is called to be, but the bad news is we are called to be the people who bring that atmosphere of love and the Giving it is a little harder than receiving it for most of us. But that is the church that God sees. And in this supernatural church with this amazing atmosphere of love and acceptance, the church, each expression of church, is meant to function like a body where all are needed. Now look around this meeting. Have a Obviously you can't move too much because like we're British, but have a wee look. No one apart from me is doing very much. Just saying, in a gathering like this, you are not going to see ever the diversity of the gifts in here. In fact, many of you have gifts, strengths, supernatural gifts that we're not going to see in large gatherings. That does not mean that large gatherings are not important. This meeting here, this is vital to the life of a church that we gather. But we are called to do more than gather. And we're equipped to do far more than gather. That's why there are so many latent gifts sitting out there. Some of you never get to express them here. And that's okay because we are called as church to do much more than this. And we do. We're called to go out into the world and show them who Jesus is. And in this church, we do that through something we call missional communities. And if you've heard of them before great. And if you haven't, we, they are just basically small expressions of this church, smaller groups, different sizes. They meet with different frequencies in different places. And they have different passions, but they all have passion for people. They all have a passion for some kind of people. It might be the people around about where they live. It might be children with autism in their families, people with learning disabilities, people who are older, I'm going to miss people out if I keep going. All sorts of people that they feel passionate about. The inside of a meeting like this, we're never going to reach all of those people. But our missional communities go. And they actually gather out there in much smaller groups. And when you're in a much smaller church setting, you begin to realize how valuable you are. If you don't bring the biscuits, there are no biscuits. I'm making light, but... If you don't love that person, maybe nobody will. If you don't invite that person who looks lonely into your life, maybe nobody will. If you don't invite someone to come along, maybe nobody will because it's smaller. And the challenge to love people in a smaller group is much higher, isn't it? Honestly, trust me. 
There's lots of things you can hide in a group this size. And I know because I have. And sometimes I do. And I will not tell you what those things are. But in a small group, people get to see that sometimes when I'm stressed, I get a little bit edgy. So the people who've been in communities with me can sometimes put their hand on my shoulder and say, are you okay, Faith? And I'll be like, not really, I'm a bit stressed. Because they know me. Whereas you wouldn't know whether that was true about me or not, potentially. Church where we are all needed is supposed to be gathered and it's supposed to be scattered. We're supposed to gather like this, but we are also supposed to gather in smaller formations. Because otherwise, why are you all so gifted to sit, to participate a little but not a lot? You're not. You are gifted and called to participate a lot. All of us are. So your mentoring skills and your, I just, I don't know where y'all sit, but I know you're all out there somewhere. Your love of the outdoors, your communication skills, your heart for teenagers, your love for the elderly people, your home, your pastoring, your prophetic gifts, your love to pray for healing, your love for Africa, your, 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 your strengths, your passions will not all get demonstrated in large gatherings. So of course we have to gather in smaller places and we have to go because the actual reality of this country in this day and time is that there's a whole load of people out there who you could go and do a questionnaire with them now and they would say, yes, I am spiritual. Yes, I am interested in the supernatural. These are my experiences of church. They would then, if you asked them to describe church, I would say less than 10% of them would describe something that even looked like this, never mind something that might meet around your kitchen table later on today. Most people don't just naturally in this country come into this. Some do, but not all. And so we need to go to where people are because people are crying out for Jesus. They may not always know what they're crying out for, but they definitely are crying out to know, who am I? Do I belong? Will I be able to make a success of my life? Will anybody like me? Is there a place where I fit? If you could read the little thought bubbles above the heads of a whole bunch of folk walking along Princess Street, those are the sort of things. Am I too fat? Will I ever get married? Will anybody ever fancy me? This is perhaps more for tonight, but you know what I'm saying. Have I eaten too much today? That would be a girl's one. I don't know what a boy's one would be. Better not guess. Don't you get that wrong? So in Central, in our missional communities, everybody can find a fit where they are needed, where they are supported and loved, but they also support and love, where they receive and where they give. So Ellie, for example, I polled these people beforehand. And uh, I think I did tell you I was going to quote you, so here you go, I'm, I'm quoting you. Ellie's French. Ellie knows what it's like to move from another country, settle in a foreign environment. She knows what that feels like. And because of that, she has a huge heart for refugees and the fact that they are doing that with a whole load of other issues, including the fact they didn't choose to settle here. So Ellie fits beautifully into the sanctuary community. Kay loves to encourage older people. So she fits in the Mosaic community. 
Claire loves to coordinate and organize, so she would fit in any community. Alistair loves fun, so he fits in Sunday space with all the kids and families. Caroline wants to love people in poverty, so she fits in Capstone. Valentina, whose baby got dedicated today, Valentina loves being family for people who are far from their home and family, so she fits in all nations. And Crystal's passionate about the challenge to be authentic in her relationship with God and with people. So she is forming something called the Six Community. Six what? I don't know. I didn't get that far, but she's over there. So that's the question for her community. Six what? Lucy really likes being in a small gathering that's focused on her neighborhood. She loves chatting to people and making muffins. So she fits really nicely into the neighborhood community called Harbor. And some of you have passions and desires and you've been looking at the missional community thing or you do belong to a community, but you have another passion brewing and you've been chatting about it with some friends and you're just wondering if you might start something new. Well, the good news is that there is a whole team in, in Central set up to help inspire, encourage, train, equip, resource, champion, and pray for the communities, the existing ones and the new ones. So if you've got ideas, we'll have our information table with the fabulous helium balloons up at the back. Come and tell us. It is the dream of this church to be a church that releases the plans of God, not just our own kind of top-down plan, but the, the plans that are in all of your hearts.